I meant to say, I don't think I did in the first message. That was a soft one. I wanted that to be tender. I got to tell you some things. We'll be in Genesis 18. I wanted that to be the soft and tender one. This one may be hard. But I ought not be afraid to tell what the Lord said. I pray he give me that strength to tell you plainly what he said. And if you get mad at me, you just have to get mad. You ain't mad at me, I know that. Daniel said that. He interpreted the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was astonished for one hour and his thoughts troubled him. I thought, oh man, he only had to do this for an hour. <laughs> this all week. And he said, King, <laughs> King told him, he said, don't let that bother you. Just tell me what the Lord told you. He said, my Lord, the dream be to them that hate thee and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. He said, oh, I wish there was somebody other than you. He cared for him. I've got to instruct you. I've got to tell you these things. I must teach you these things. And if God applies it to your heart, there's going to be great heaviness. If God will speak to you, what I have to tell you, what He has, it's not me telling you. If, I t- if He speaks through me, what He has to say and He applies it to your heart, it's going to sting. I, I know, I've already went through it. <laughs> I had to go through it first before I could give it to you. It's going to hurt, but if He wounds... He means. If I wound, I can't do nothing about it. You're wounded forever. If he wounds, he'll apply the bomb. He'll heal. And so that's all right, isn't it? And I, what I got to tell you, you will say, well, this don't apply to me. Or it's too late for me. Or I'm not in that situation. I don't have these concerns. Yes, you do. You hear me. I, I, I'm confident God will bless it. Here in Genesis 18, verse 16. The men rose up from thence. These three visitors had come to Abram. Abraham and Sarah laughed at him. and said, she's going to have life in her. She said, I'm old. We ain't going to do that. And he did, didn't he? These men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. He was going to walk them to the end. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? We're going to look at this soon. I wanted to cover it in June. and That wasn't possible. Lord's about to destroy Sodom. He's going to destroy Gomorrah. He's going to burn them down. Abraham's going to plead for him first. Lord, if that's 50. Oh, if that's 30. If that's one. And the Lord says, Should we hide this thing we're going to do? What's that? Judgment. God's going to punish sin. Salvation. If one of his are there, he's going to pull them out. <laughs> Holiness, it's right for him to do so. How he did it is just right. That's what... Should we withhold that from Abraham? (laughs) Verse 18, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and the nations of the earth, that's us, shall be blessed in him. He answers his own question. For, because I know him. Because I know him. I made him. Because I love him. My love's in him. For I know him that He will command His children and His household after Him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which He has spoken of him. Abraham's going to be obedient. He's going to make his children obedient. He's going to make his household obedient. How is Abraham going to be obedient? 
How is he going to do these things? How is he going to make his children and his house serve the Lord? Because he has life in the Lord's memory. He's born again. There's an incorruptible seed. There's a new man inside of Abraham. Abraham. That's how he's going to be. The Lord's going to make him. We're going to look at the practical of this. This is necessary. Abraham commanded his children, his household. This was the means. You can disagree with it if you want. This is the means the Lord used so you and I have the gospel today. How do I know Christ? I can stand for and tell you about Christ. Because as, as it's recorded, there's one believer on the face of the earth and the Lord made him faithful. He made his children mind him. He made those of his household that lived on his property mind him. <laughs> said, no, no, we're going we're to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. Because God made him faithful, you and I are here today. Now you want to shake those means off and throw them in the garbage if you want, but we need to be taught these things. I need to be taught these things. You need to be taught these things. That's in the home. That's here in this local assembly. And then at the end, we'll see the spiritual, how that's, this is what our Lord does. <laughs> Abraham's picture of Christ. He makes his children mind him. <laughs> He saves them. He makes his household mind him. They, they do what he says and how he does it. He don't go in thundering and ripping his children and whipping them and beating them and everything else. He sits down with them. Now, you may get a spanking, but I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I may chasten you, but now you, you're going to learn a lesson in this. He's tender, loving, and kind. We might be a little long on the practical, but it's needed. We're going to see Christ at the end of this. If we know the love of God, if He's given us life, we want our immediate families to know Him. That's the first thing. The Lord revealed Himself to me. I want my family to know. I want my family to know. I'll forget it later, but the Philippian jailer, I'll tell you now. Uh, Lord saved him. What did He do? At night time, middle of the night, honey, get up. Get the youngins in here. Now preach to them what you preached to me. Lord saved me. I want Him to save you. I love you. Those that we love, we want our families, our immediate families, to know Him. The, and those of our household. Those we work with. Those that we interact with. Those we care for. that we associate. I have friends. You know that? i got a lot of friends. I want them to know the Lord. That's what I want. What's the elements of a house in order? That's the title of this. A house in order. That'll get some... People like work. Now here it is. What, what does it, I hate to give these self-help books don't help nothing because they don't know what they're talking about. Well, here's three steps to whatever. That's all over the internet, isn't it? Five steps to do this. Three ways to do that. Well, you're probably missing about 45 ways. <laughs> but I want to give you a few things. There's some elements that are necessary for someone to have their house in order. For them to honor God and glorify Christ in their home and for the salvation of, of His elect. There's some things that's needed. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. This is plain. Paul knew what he was talking about. He understood these things. Ephesians 5. We're going to have a home, children in a household, that serve God, that keep the way of the Lord, that do justice, that do judgment. There must be a steady, strong, loving head that is obedient to the Word of God. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, that's you. Us men, you, men in this room, we've been given a charge by God. He's given us talents and we're responsible for it. He tells us how to do it. Husbands, love your wives 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourish it and cherish it, even as the Lord the church. That's unpopular in this day. I tell my boys, you, you're going to be mocked. There's names they're going to call you. But if you're going to marry a woman, you be the head of that house. And that don't mean you go in with an iron fist and you rule as some dictator, but in love as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Well, you're going to have to know him first. You're going to have to know him. That's my, I want them to know that. <laughs> know him before you know somebody else. You have to lead your home as Christ leads us. We have examples of this throughout the scriptures. Do you know that? What's the oldest one? oldest book in the Bible. Job. Job was an example of this, wasn't he? He led his home. Well, that's not popular. It don't matter if it's popular. I'm going to leave this home. His children. He raised them right. They threw a birthday party and all of them got together. That always impressed me. All his children went to one of them's house to have a party. <laughs> they were grown. They had their own homes and they got along well. What did Job do? He went and offered a sacrifice to God for they probably sinned. Or they might have sinned against you. And they didn't beg for mercy. I begged for mercy for them. How do you lead your home? Plead to God that He'll save your family. Lord, please. Please do this. Please do this. He led them. He trained His children. And He answered questions. And know what the Lord gave us commandment to do for the Passover? Why do you keep the Passover? Well, that makes us religious. No. The Lord said, when your children say, why are we doing this, Daddy? You say, come here, son. Let me tell you. Sit down. Here's why we do it. Lord came through Egypt. We had to kill a lamb and put the blood on a doorpost. And he said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Now here's what that means, son. We're going to die. And if Christ's blood's not shed and applied to our hearts, the Lord's going to kill us. But if he sees his son's blood, we're going to live eternally. That's what that means, son. God told them to strike their house. Noah. Some people say, well, my children are grown. It's too late. No, it ain't too late. Is there still some seats left at the supper? Is there some seats left at the supper? If there's life in them, there's hope. Noah did, didn't he? What about his boys? They had wives. It was like a hundred years old. <laughs> they was plum grown. <laughs> it was strapping men. And he said, now son, I'm going to serve God. I know Him. God saved me. I found grace in His sight. I'm going to build this big old thing that looks like a coffin. The world's laughing at us and let them laugh on. Now you, you believe me. I ain't lied to you your whole life. I've told you the truth. Rain's going to come. What's that, Daddy? I think it's water coming out of the sky. I don't really know. But you get in that boat. What'd they do? Well, I'll leave my mother and father. I'm grown now. Now that's <laughs> haughty. They got in the ark, didn't they? They got an ark. Abraham. Isaac knew how to worship, didn't he? Come on, son. We're going to go worship God. What's worship consist of? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Something's got to die. And they went to walking up there and they said, Daddy, here, we got the wood. We got the fire. You got a knife on you. Where's the lamb? He, how, did Ab how did Isaac know that? Abraham taught him. He said, son, now we're going to go worship God. He led him. 
Is this just old folks? New Testament stuff? I'm going to tell you something. They're both gone now to be with the Lord. And so it don't matter if they mind me telling or not. <laughs> My dad built that church down in Pikeville in 1985. And he built a big brick church and filled it full. Put pews in it, put carpet in it, hired a professional to come in and do the sound, have it all set up. Behind it, he built a two-story parsonage, brick. There's a room there, a house for that preacher to sit at. And he went to Henry and said, here's the keys. Fill the pulpit. Do you think that come at some cost? Do you think he had to go out and sweat and labor some to do that? You bet he did. I watched him. You know why he did that? I can tell it now. He had an unbelieving wife. God saved him. And he had a wife that didn't believe. And she said, I ain't moving nowhere. He said, well, I'll build a church and we'll put God's man in it. And beg him to come down and preach for us. And he did. And that first, I learned how to count by, by counting out payroll. I've been around a business once or twice. Uh, I learned how to, dad paid his, <laughs> all the men that worked for him, uh, half in check and half in cash. The IRS can't get him now because Lord's done took him home too. <laughs> but he said, son, and men need some walking around money. They got hard times. And he taught me how to treat employees. And that's how I learned how to count. And he told every one of them. He said, now you get eight full hours of pay if you show up on Sunday. He said, my wife, my children are going to go to church there because I believe God. Now you just get in the car and go. That's what's going to happen. And his household, those that he was in command of, that he was responsible for, he said, I'm going to put you on a payroll. I'll give you eight full hours. You, come, you talk about putting your money where your mouth is. I was five years old and I saw it. That place was standing room only. Standing room only. Don come down and preached. I think Bob Coffey was there. And Henry. You know, it didn't take a month. There was about three guys there. Two or three months has all gone. I said, Daddy, them guys didn't come. He said, no, son. I said, but you was paying them. Like, they need money. They wouldn't come set for an hour, for eight hours of pay. I was five, six years old. He said, son, natural man's at war with God. They hate him. Are we supposed to teach our children? God gave me that example. We need to be taught these things. And you know how I think how stubborn and how hard-headed and how evil I was that the Lord had to go through all that trouble to give me the parents I had just so He could say, <laughs> Oh, man. How is a husband and father to command this house? I'll tell you what, and it was of his household. Abraham had, what, a thousand people? 318 military-age males. That's when they went to war with the kings. 318 fighting men. Now they had wives and they probably had some kids and everything else. A thousand people. And, and this, is out of, this is out of touch. People don't like this. It's so. Uh, as long as you eat my food, you live underneath my roof, you'll do what I say. You're going to do, you live here, we're going to go worship God. Now, I'm sorry. That's the truth. It needs said. A husband's ahead of the house. <laughs> It's your responsibility. You like it or not, it's your responsibility. And if you live under my roof and you eat my food and I provide for you, you live on my land, you're going to worship God because I do. And that ain't going to be out of bruteness. How's a husband and father and a, a, a leader, a business owner, whatever, command his house? You take them by the hand and you reason with them. Does that mean you, well, we'll sit down and make excuses. No, you explain it to him. This is why we're going to do this. I have to sit my children down often. They've sacrificed a lot for us to be here. My children have sacrificed, a whole, and they're grown, they're big, plenty big enough to, to know it. And I set them down, and I said, I know you can't do this now. I know you're not allowed to go here. I know you can't wear this. I know you can't say that. I know you just have to smile, grin, and bear it sometimes. But here's why. 
God saves the people. And he's using me and us and this whole congregation here to send his word forth. This is why. And this is what we're going to do. Now, that God says to do it, we're going to do it. And then you do it. <laughs> in love. In love. That's not brutish. No, this is, no, no, we're here. Lord gave you to me. We're going to honor God in this house. And that don't look like everybody thinks it does. Well, Kevin Packer, he had a beer with a hot dog. Oh! <laughs> don't get your halo so tight. You'll give us a headache too. I don't know what that means. That means when it comes down to, to brass tacks, we're going to serve God. That's what Because we, we know Him. Because He first knew us. And that's what we're going to do. And it's patient and it's tender as kind, but it's done and it's done in love. That's what it's done. How could I ask my wife to leave this place? Somebody asked. We were looking at a big, beautiful mountain one time. And I was moving. And I said, I got to move because the Lord's going to move me somewhere else this time to go. Well, I looked at the big old beautiful mountain range and said, how could I ask my wife to leave this place? I said, like this, honey, we're not our own. We're bought with the price. Now get in the car. The Lord's moving us. It's time to go. Just like that. <laughs> Come on then. It's time to go. We've had some great examples. There's also some anti-types. Turn over to 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Here's a man... We ought not judge. That's what I was thinking. We just look at Song of Solomon. Me and Kimberly read that, and I said, "Honey, your hair is as beautiful as a flock of mountain goats." <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I better not say that. I might get in trouble, huh? Don't matter what said; it matters who said it. If the Lord came and said, "Kevin, you are as beautiful as Sasquatch," I said, "Well, Sasquatch must be beautiful." <laughs> Thank you. What a compliment! It matters who says it, don't it? That's, isn't that true? If you, if you, in this day too, you, enter, you tell somebody they look nice, it's harassment if you don't want to hear it. And it's, uh, it's flirting if you do want to hear it. Depends on who says it, don't it? Well, here's one of God's servants. And people say, well, run him out of town. Let me tell you something. Eli was a believer. He was God's prophet. He was used of God. He's the one that raised Samuel. But he was a horrible example of the father. He was just, I mean, uh, he did a bang up job as a father. 1 Samuel 2, verse 22. Now Eli was very old. Real old. Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it's not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. He didn't do anything. <laughs> now, boys, boys, this ain't the time to reason. This is God's house. This is the gospel. Anything else, well, bend over backwards and kiss your heels. Do anything you can to get along with people and everybody. And don't be offense. Don't bring a reproach on the gospel, but the gospel's been reproached on. This is the Lord's house. Knock it off. And he said, now, sons... Boys, come on now. Our daddy talked. You're going to make daddy sad. What's wrong with you? And he coddled them and he used kid gloves and he didn't speak to them like men. They were growing. And God said he's going to punish us. He said, I'm going to take this from your house. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. Now chapter 3, verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Oh, did you hear what happened? The Lord promised it, didn't he? In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. 
Is that what he gave charge over? He's charged over his children, his household, isn't he? Concerning his house, when I begin, I will also make an end. I'm going to finish it. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. He knows about it. Because his sons made themselves vile. They did a bad thing. Comma. And he restrained them not. I dwelt on that a long time. He was old. Very old is what it says, isn't it? Well, what's this old, weak, partly blind man of God going to do? He's strapping young men doing this. Something. Something. Drive them out. Kick them out of the house. Use a bullwhip. Whatever means. Hire somebody else to do it. Whatever means is within his power to do so. He should stand for the gospel and the word of God. Because that's serving the Lord, isn't it? That's serving him. He is tender. He brought them in. They were hanging out at the temple. They went to church like good little boys. Yeah, whatever. Because he restrained them not. He restrained them not. What's the requirements of these things? A house in well order. First, a firm, consistent, loving head. But that firm, consistent, loving head can't do everything by himself, can he? He's going to need some help. Help fit. A help meet, isn't he? Turn back to Ephesians chapter 5. I should have told you to leave a marker there. Ephesians 5. We'll be coming back forth to it. Ephesians 5 verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Not to every husband. <laughs> to your own husbands. As unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and He's the Savior of the body. Is that hard to understand? Women, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Who put Him there? Lord did. Submit to Him. It ain't hard. It ain't hard. Just do it. You girls, when you grow up and it's time to get married, and if it's a man you cannot submit to, and do what he says, don't marry him. Don't marry him. If, if that's not a, 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 find a man that's a believer and a child of God that knows Christ and has been loved by him, and if that's the case, you can submit to him. But if, it, if you don't respect him enough to do what he says, don't do it. Don't marry him. Man's to be the head, but sometimes they're just a headache. Sometimes they don't believe. What's a woman to do? Her husband don't believe. What if she's divorced? What if somebody's a widow? What are they to do? Do they throw their hands up and say, well, it's just fatal, it's fatalistic. Well, the Lord just had to do something if He wants to. If you know the Word, the Lord, you know His Word, you see His will and act on the authority God's put in your hand, you're without excuse. You're without excuse. To lead your children in your household. Isn't that what happened? Timothy had a grandmother and a mother, didn't he? Timothy, he was the bishop. <laughs> that was his office. He was the pastor at Ephesus. We got that book of Ephesians, a mighty book. And you know how many people was there? About they estimated about twenty-five or thirty. <laughs> he had a grandmother, Lois, and his mother Eunice. And Paul wrote to him. He said, "When I." Call to remember the unfeigned faith that which that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. I 
persuaded it's in you also. He said, I know your family, Timothy. Your grandmother, she believed. And she taught your mama. She said, now come on now, we're going to worship the Lord. Here's what this means. You got questions, I'll answer them. I'll tell you. The Lord's taught me, I'll teach you. And they taught Timothy. Well, were they widows? I've heard some people say that. That wasn't the case. We read in Acts 16. So they came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple, their name Timotheus, the son of a certain man, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was an unbelieving man. He was a Greek. How do we know? Timothy wasn't circumcised. Well, did they have to go along to get along? I guess they did some, but she taught him. She didn't lie to him about who God was. And then Paul spends a whole 15th chapter of Acts condemning circumcision. You do not have to be circumcised to be saved. And then he bumps into Timothy and says, God's going to use you, I can tell. Now come out back, I'm going to circumcise you. <laughs> we got something to learn, don't we? I may have to do some stuff to travel to preach here soon. I, I could never do that. Well, God didn't equip you to travel and preach, did He? You've got a loving, a submissive wife that trains her children up and a respectful, honoring, obedient Back in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Do what your mom and dad tells you. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. With promise. What was the promise? That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. What's that mean? You've got a loving mommy and daddy that loves you. And we say, eat right, brush your teeth, make your bed. When you go to work, go to work on time. You show up in the right place, right time, right uniform. Get there early. Work hard as unto the Lord. Do it. And your life's going to be easier. There'll be a promise with it. It may be well with thee, and thou mayest live along on the earth. Lord, ain't lying. Now, how's dad accountable? <laughs> i got to say that too. There's some disobedient, rebellious children Nobody likes them, and other children don't like them. And, and I got something against a child that does that, but it ain't nobody's fault but mommy and daddy. They got a no-account mama and a no-account daddy is what it is. Make them children. You got children, you make them mind you the first time. There's absolutely no excuse for a person that God, or at least semi-honors his word, to raise disobedient little heathens. Now you make them mind. You do. The Lord's gave us that command. He's gave that, if he's given you them talents... He's giving you that authority over them and He tells you to do it. Turn over to Proverbs uh, 13. He said, it says in Ephesians 6, You fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in nurture and admonition of the Lord. Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Verse 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. Now, is that, we just say that so flippantly. Well, you spare the rod, spoil the child. The wisest man that ever walked this earth, born of Adam, says this. Lord spoke through him. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasten him the time. Lord gave us that. People say, why, they're just too precious for me to spank. I just love them too much. You love yourself too much. That's what it is. And you don't believe God. 
and you don't want to honor him. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Proverbs 19, 18. Chasten thy son while there is hope. When's there hope? When they're alive. When they're alive. When somebody's bad, sick, and they say, pray for so-and-so, and I say, well, if, if they're not the Lord, for an unbeliever, I say, I hope the Lord does heal them. I hope the Lord gives them life and then give them eternal life. The Lord may bring them back from this disease or whatever else and save them. And if it's a believer, I say, well, if I was in their shoes, I'm <laughs> like, Comfort them. Let them see Christ in this. But I'm going to be jealous here in a minute. They're going to be in glory. They'll be without sin. They'll be with our Redeemer. That's precious, isn't it? While there's still hope. Chasten thy son while there's still hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crime. Well, that just hurt his feelings. Oh, well. Their soul is at stake. Is that worth, if, you have, if the Lord's taught you the value of your own soul, you, have, you find value in other people's souls. Proverbs 22, 6. Let's turn and look at that. Let's read it along and look at it and the Lord may apply it to us. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You tell, tell a child the gospel. That doesn't ensure that they're going to grow up and be believers. It doesn't. But how you train them to address it will. They'll say... Uh, Y'all listen real careful to me. You see my children sitting here? Uh, they started out sitting with us. And we'd tap them and tap them and tap them. Now you sit still. We trained them not to sleep whenever they heard God's Word preached. Not to talk when others are talking. We taught them to look people in the eye, say hello when someone said hello to them. Be courteous. And this is the Lord's house. Now you're going to set up. You're going to pay attention. You ain't going to squirm. You're going to listen to them from a young age. And you'd be surprised how young they can do it. And then we made them sit in front of us. And we got big enough. And if they got two taps on the shoulder, you're going to have a bad eating, ain't you? <laughs> We're going to have a talk after. I ain't going to spare that rod. I'm going to spank it. They sit in front of us so we could watch them and keep an eye on them. And then, partly showing off maybe, but to train them as they should go, they sit behind us. And if I had to turn around, you better watch out. And now where they do? My wife sits over there. My children sit here. Why? I want to train them up as they shall go. What if I ain't here? What if she ain't here? I want them to attend the Lord's house by themselves. <laughs> Go hear His Word preached. I believe Him. That's why I do it. And so you can see it. It's an example for you. Uh, we are to be examples for others, ain't we? I believe Him. And they're well-behaved children. I'm thankful for them. <laughs> For you. you do well. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. They're just a fool. I can't do nothing with them. Yeah, you can. Proverbs twenty three, verse fifteen. I'm sorry. Uh, Proverbs twenty three thirteen. I got them out of order. Proverbs 23, 13. Withhold not correction from thy child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Well, it might hurt him. That'd be all right. That'd be all right. Verse 14. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. That's what's at stake. 29. Proverbs 29, 15. 
The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself his mother to shame. Verse 17. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, give delight unto thy soul. What's the Lord promising? That's his promise, isn't it? Do it. Do it, and he'll give delight to your soul. Not just your head, but to your soul. Try him. Try, try him. See if he's lying to you. He ain't. He ain't. Start early, be firm, be consistent, and be truthful according to God's word. This may go by. They just had to get over it. <clears throat> we, at an early age, Santa Claus come up. We told our children there's no Santa Claus. That's me and Mommy. Now, you have some gifts tomorrow morning, how we structure our Christmases. <laughs> but there ain't no such thing as Santa Claus. People say, why? No, why would you tell them children that? Let them enjoy that experience. And I said, if I lie to them about a man they can't see, why in the world would they believe me when I tell them about a man they can't see? No, it's just so. It's just so. God gave me five talents. We, we read about these, these parable of the talents, right? God gave me five talents. That woman right there and them four children. Kimberly and these four children. By the Lord's power, by Him making me willing to forsake myself and my thoughts, and he makes me command the household. He does that as a picture in the home. It's me holding the reins of this local assembly here as a picture here to show us the spiritual man. Turn back to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 32. Paul's gave us instruction. Husbands, love you wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Ephesians 5.32 This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Can we just stop at the practical? No, Paul's telling us that we need to hear this. We need to. This is the means, just like Abraham, this is the means the Lord may be pleased to use to save our loved one. But, it's a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, there's a spiritual meaning here. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself, and wives see that they reverence the husband. We don't say, oh, well, this is spiritual things. I'm going to go home and do what I want. No, no, no. All the preaching I can do doesn't mean diddly if, it, if it's not acted upon in my home. You can go to church till you're blue in the face and say, well, I'm at the right church. I'm listening to the right man. These things are all accurate. If it don't translate at home, it don't mean nothing. Somebody believer, I don't know. I don't live with them. It matters in the home. And that's where us parents fail the most. Being an example to our children. Being an example. Help me be an example of a man that believes God in this generation. Why? All this is a picture of Christ and His church. That's it. Do I look good in public and I can sit in the high house and have titles? Hello, I'm pastor. My oven broke. I told you that earlier. And Pastor Bill's the one that showed me which, which way to diagnose that Thermistor. He told her about that. Oh, buddy, just go by Bill. You'll be all right. <laughs> spiritual meaning. Ephesians five thirty-two. This is a great message by speaking of Christ concerning the church, the consistent, loving head that obeys God's word, God's command, and seeks His will is Christ. He's our head. He's the head of our church, according to the word of the Lord, and He serves Him. And guess what? His children serve the Lord and everybody in his household serves the Lord.
You know that. We'll look at this another time. I told you this before. There in Joshua 24, Joshua said all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. And then at the end of that, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and truth, and put away, this is still the Lord speaking, put away the gods of your fathers that served on the other side of the flood, on the other side of Jordan, in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord. All these things I've been telling you, if that seems evil to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you'll serve. You pick whatever false idol you want. I don't care. Whether the gods of your fathers which served on the other side of the flood or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now. You can do an old-fashioned god or a new age one idol. Whatever you want. This seems evil for you to serve the Lord. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered. Ooh, somebody different's talking now. That was the Lord speaking. Modern religions horrible said you choose this day whom you whom you'll serve that's the Lord speaking on behalf of his children and his household he said as for me and mine we're serving the Lord he said in my home as for as for me and you all we're going to serve the Lord we're going to do it in this church as for me and you all my children we're going to serve the Lord we're going to do it his way we're going to obey his word why because Christ our father our head Everlasting Father, our husbandman, he stood up and said, As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And he served him. He served him. What about that submissive wife? John the Baptist said, He that the bride he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And this my joy therefore healed. Lord's church is his bride. And will she be productive? There shall nothing cast her young nor barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Lord said, you're going to bear children and they won't be cast in the field. It says, the wife shall be as fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. What's he saying? His word won't return to him void. His word won't return to him void. And children are heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so our children. I was telling a friend of mine about uh, Miss Shelby. That's just heavy on my heart. She's a widow now, and she's got the same bills you and I have. But she don't have income. <laughs> she don't have a job. And I was telling an old friend of mine, and he said, "Well, ain't, ain't she got some children?" That's what her mind says. I said, "Boy, she's got lots, lots." She gave her life. She devoted her life, sick, tired, didn't feel like doing it, it didn't matter, and she served that man she was given to, obeyed him, and she's got children all over this nation, don't she? <laughs> well, she's tended to me often, hasn't she? That'll be good motivation for us. It won't return void. So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Why? So we could succor. We could comfort those that the Lord says. The message is the same. Come, supper's ready, isn't it? That's what His church does. Does it correct? Well, I'm going to have to go down there and sort some things out. They wouldn't get away with that. I've done that. No, that ain't the job. So for whom the Lord chasteneth, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth.
The Lord's going to chasten His people. The Lord's going to teach His people. For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth, even as a father or son in whom He delighteth. He delights in His children. He'll correct His children. We're the bride. We're here to nurture. We're here to guide. Here to feed them. Here to feed them. How does a wife correct her child? Daddy said so. <laughs> now, what'd your daddy say? What'd your daddy say? How do I correct you? What's the Lord say? What saith the Lord? How should we do these things? It's good for children to serve the Lord. That's what Hannah prayed. Uh, she had Samuel said, Lord, he's yours. Take him and use him. And, the, and Samuel ministered to Eli. He served. Eli took out the trash. He picked up cups. He did whatever he had to do. And he did not yet know the Lord. And the Lord called him. Lord called him. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's what the bride does to his children. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. By Him. I don't want to keep you too long. What's the goals of a well-governed family? Whether that's in my home, what's the goal of this well-governed family, and what's the goal of His eternal well-governed family that the glory of God may be established, that Christ may be exalted in our homes. What's our goal? The salvation of our children. I pray my, my children and your children are saved. I normally pray for yours before I pray for mine. You know that? Guess what? <laughs> he governs his, his children. God's glorified and none of his children be lost. That's the local body, that's in our homes, and that's the same for that body of Christ that's eternal. This is a great mystery, isn't it? Great mystery. But I speak of Christ in His church. That's what it's for. Isn't it? Now, knowing Him, knowing Him that loved us, that was patient to us. God didn't come down and just smite me where I live. He was long-suffering, kind and tender. Now, what, how do I ought to treat them children? How do I treat my wife? How do I treat you? I hope I make us that way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, teach us. We're your children. Lord, make us good, obedient children. You've given us your name. Allow us to walk worthy of such things. Lord, it's our reasonable service to serve you and to give ourselves to your word. Lord, what a great supper you've provided. What a salvation you've given us, Lord, undeserving disobedient children, disobedient servants are profitable. You've made us profitable. Lord, we believe and help our unbelief. Increase our faith and trust in you and trust in your word. Allow us to see you work. I see you work in the hearts of your people. Lord, grow us and save those. Save that last one. We can all be at home. Bodies shall be united. Thank you for this. Forgive us for what we are. To say that we ask it. Amen.